I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. As we continue our series of looking at our Dynasty Fantasy Football Startup Draft, uh, Leone was on the show with myself and Christopher yesterday. We have Ricky Sanders, who is also in the draft, on with us today. We're also going to have a little bit of NFL draft chat later on in the show. So yesterday when we recorded the show, we were uh, right at the first pick of the fourth round. We have now completed up to the seventh pick in the sixth round. We have not had a chance to have Ricky on the show to talk about his team. Ricky, how are you feeling about your team so far? This is such a strange draft that I wonder if you guys have a similar experience that most of your home leagues are with people who live around you. So there's an extreme bias towards players in your area. I'm sure New York, you know, people who live in New York have that issue with maybe Saquon Barkley, some Giants and Jets players. I certainly have it in Chicago where I never find a Bears player anywhere near fair value just because everyone in my leagues is always reaching for such players. So I've had a weird experience in this draft that those guys have been available at spots I consider to be fair spots. And I've had a hard time passing on them because even in like fantasy baseball, I never own Cubs players because everyone reaches for Cubs. I mean, every sport, you know, the, the leagues that I do are with people from Chicago. So I have a very Bears centric team and it's a really strange feeling for me. I don't know if you guys have have similar experiences, but with sharper players, just, you know, ro- rostering the players for their merit as opposed to their location. It's a little bit different for, for a dynasty draft, even from the last one we did where, I mean, the Bears players were taken at fair points. And in this draft, I thought they've fallen too far. 
Well, I mean, that's definitely been my experience with my home leagues where you just you're not going to get Kansas City Chiefs players like Mahomes is going to go too early. Tyreek is going to go too early. Uh, I mean, I guess Damian Williams probably didn't go too early a lot of times. But yeah, those guys are are just going to get gobbled up. And then, uh, you know, Pacheco is he's the most homer of all of us. Like he will just he does not care. He will just get his New England Patriots. It just does not matter. Davis, that's actually not a, a true thing. It's not true. At all. It was very true in our NBA 2K draft where you took four Celtics. That happened. <laughs> that okay, so that did happen, but you have to understand in the position that I was at, they were just there and almost freebies. So I just I almost had to take them. Uh typically I'm not the Homer type, but in that draft I I did do that. So you are right about that one. Yeah, so uh, I think that I think Ricky, you make uh, an interesting point, which is like the overall point is just that the more leagues you play in, the more you know different kinds of players you can get exposure to. Like part of the fun in playing in more and more leagues is that you you get to roster more different uh, you know different players. And uh, I gotta say, you know, the the best thing about these leagues is that they just do not require that much in season maintenance. This league that we're doing right now, you know, we have no we have one week of trading in season. We have no in season uh, free agency at all. So like, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. Cause we're just going to be able to do this draft and we'll be able to log on and do trades when we feel like it. But during the season, we just really are not going to have to care at all. And that's uh, you know, that's a pretty nice feeling to just be able to load up on as many of these as possible. Sure. Yeah. That's a great aspect of this. Although I feel like my draft has kind of fallen in the sense that I've become the running back guy and I really didn't want to be the running back guy, but I've had wide receivers on my list and the pick in front of me, the, the guy has seemed to go. The really tilting one was Calvin Ridley, who I didn't think Drew was taking in the fourth round and Amico traded up. I, I had looked at his dynasty rankings and knew that was the guy he wanted. And once I heard that he was dealing with Dink, I knew I was screwed. And so, you know, I wanted to take a second receiver. I started at the fifth pick with Michael Thomas, but the guys on my list that I've had as a tier above everyone have seemed to have gone the pick or two before me. And there's been some young running backs left there, which I haven't wanted to do. But my strategy has been, is, is if I'm going to take a running back relatively early, they better be young. And I don't think you can get a younger core than I've had. I have Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery, and the number two overall pick who I could turn into a quarterback, could turn into a running back. I just don't know yet. But at least if I'm going to be taking running backs, which is not a position I want, I've got the guys who I think should last a while. Well, I'm really, really hoping that you do not take a running back with that pick because <laughs> I'm sort of doing the opposite of you in this draft, where is like, you know, basically when I selected Kyler Murray in the first round, that and especially when I traded back, I had the sixth overall pick. I traded back to the eleventh overall pick. That was me saying, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, uh, Nick Chubb, like all those guys. I just was not really interested in tying my team to a running back, even if they were, you know, even if they were a young running back, which Ricky, you know, you do have a lot of young running backs. So the first pick I've made that could be <clears throat> construed as a running back is in this draft, we are having the 2020 rookie picks actually in the draft as opposed to, you know, so instead of taking Joe Burrow, you take the 101 or the 102 or the 103. And we have this really interesting dynamic in our draft where all of the good running backs are gone 
No one in our league wants to draft Leonard Fournette. He lasted until the fifth round. No one wants to draft Todd Gurley. Hardly anyone, you know, David Montgomery, who is 23 years old, lasted until the sixth round. And, you know, Ricky didn't even feel good about taking him, actually felt gross about taking him. So it actually would not surprise me if you get lucky on quarterbacks, Ricky, you know, say you take Andy Dalton and he ends up starting for the Patriots or say you take Cam Newton and he ends up starting for the Chargers or something like that. It would not surprise me if Joe Burrow lasts all the way to the fourth pick of our rookie draft because I I am not taking him. I have two quarterbacks already and I have no running backs on my roster. My roster right now is Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Kenny Galladay, Hunter Henry, Travis Kelsey, and the 103. Worth noting, this is a tight end premium league. So Mm -hmm. tight ends get 1.5 points per reception. But even further than that, I think that a lot of these tight ends, like let's say like the Ben Watson, Jimmy Graham types that are going to get a lot of their value from touchdowns, they're actually not quite as valuable in this league because like once you get over 50 yards, the bonuses are are pretty big. And there's just not that many tight ends that on a weekly basis are going to get over 50 yards. We Pacheco, we talked about this last time where, Mm -hmm. you know, Mark Andrews is really young and really valuable. But he's not a big yardage guy. He's more of a touchdown guy. Yeah, certainly. And I think in the position that I'm at now, Davis, I feel great about my team. And the one thing that I don't have is that tight end. You and I have had uh, separate conversations about, you know, potentially taking Zach Ertz a little bit earlier uh, in my last turn. I decided to double down and go with Tyler uh, Lockett and Michael Gallup, um, who I both love. But now I'm in a position where, I need that tight end. And once you get past the really high-end tier of tight ends, it's just things just drop off. And so I, I do like the next tier of tight ends, but obviously if, I, I'm, if I'm looking at my team and I'm looking at this you know, tight end premium league, I, I see that there's a, a, a glaring need at tight end. And hopefully you know, the, the risks that I take at that position end up paying off for me because if it doesn't, um, I could end up having a really good team and it's just missing that big piece in the tight end and that will ultimately uh, ultimately hurt me. Yeah, I think that I think that um, my opinion on this draft so far is that the tight ends have been really undervalued. So just looking through it, uh, teams without a tight end thus far, Levitan does not have a tight end. Dink mm-hmm. does not have a tight end. Overzet doesn't have a tight end. Lamarca yeah. and Amico both don't have a tight end. Ricky does not have a tight end. Pacheco, you do not have a tight end. Drewby has two of them. Ron has one of them. And Nick does not have one of them. So we're looking at a situation where there are teams, my myself and Drewby, that have already doubled up on tight ends yeah. in these leagues. Because keep in mind, you could start up to four of them, I believe, with the way our flex rules work. So um, like my, my example was I was looking in between Hunter Henry and Christian Kirk at my pick. I thought there was a, maybe a slight chance that Kirk would get back to me. Leone ended up taking him the pick directly after, but, uh, like I, I felt like Ricky that doubling up on tight ends and kind of using that guy as a second wide receiver was better than taking a young wide receiver that I liked. Yeah. I mean, we have another league with, with similar scoring rules where Pacheco and I, we we finished year one as the winners, and we drafted tight ends in a bunch, basically, where, where we kind of had a similar draft to the one I have now, where we took some running backs early, which was not 
the the perfect setup. But then once we decided we were going to start taking tight ends, we just took a bunch in a row. And we ended up with basically all the Seahawks tight ends. We had Jason Witten, who was old. I mean, we didn't start taking him till late. Um, I think Mike Gesicki was our first tight end taken. We took Josh Oliver. We just have like seven tight ends on our roster. And it just so happened that Disley and Hollister turned out to be excellent. It just so happened. Oh, we had Jared Cook as well. And I think if things break that way here, I'm comfortable going with the quantity over quality. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, the touchdown heavy guys aren't great. So you kind of got to rely on like the outlier yardage seasons. And I just think, you know, picking this early, I, I think Hunter Henry is a great bet for that in terms of age and his upside. I think Austin Hooper's a great bet for that. But then, but now you've got some difficult decisions with an aging Zach Ertz with Waller, who's, I think he's 28 in his own right. So he had a great year, but how much time does he have left, especially with them getting Witten? There's just a and, lot and of question tied marks to now. like a very weird situation, right? Like they might replace Derek Carr. His numbers got worse whenever Hunter Renfro played. Renfro probably will be a little bit more yeah. involved in the offense this year. Like Waller was a guy like um, that I really liked acquiring last year, but those late breakout guys are just always like, what do you, what do you do with someone like Darren Waller who legitimately did not break out until his age 27 season? And, and there were a lot of reasons for that. You know, it, uh, he said on the, I don't remember what the Oakland Raiders uh, preseason documentary was called, but he was like, uh, yeah. Not all or nothing. Hard knocks. Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders hard knocks. Uh, you know, he was like, you know, he had like very serious like alcohol and pill addictions that he, yeah. you know, was really keeping him from being a real football player. And he was able to, you know, take step forwards on that. However, like, are you are do you really want to take Derek Carr's top weapon as your pillar at that position? Like, I, I think probably not. Well, also, he had three touchdowns, which I know in this format is not quite as important. He was heavily targeted. But the team, some of their first offseason moves were to add Witten and Nick O'Leary. So they added multiple tight ends kind of to give themselves, you know, the flexibility if something happens with Waller. That worried me a little bit, too. I just yeah. don't think he's a guy I want to take in the top six rounds of a draft like this, even despite that that awesome season he had. I think I'd rather wait a little bit longer for some of these younger guys that could potentially pop or worst case scenario, you know, draft some rookie picks that I could get some some young tight ends. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably fair. What are your thoughts on tight ends right now, Pacheco? So I, I was going to say um, I realized that Whaler's 27 which is, it's not great, but he hasn't played a lot, Davis. And so, you know, I was going to ask you, like, do you think because of the lack of playing time, like, like does that make up for the fact that he's 27 at this point in his career? I, I, I think given what we saw uh, last year, maybe there's not a whole lot of, of more upside on the yards department, but certainly could be on, on the touchdown department. Um, if there's any sort of, of additional ceiling to him, what, you know, do you have any thoughts there specifically? So I think for like wide receivers, tight ends, like I, I think that you're not worried about the age in terms of like them getting worn down. Whereas like with a 27 year old running back who hasn't got a ton of touches, I'd be like, well, that guy probably is more likely to have some juice left at 28, 29, 30. Cause he just hasn't been beaten down as much i think right. at wide receiver tight end you're more worried about them just losing a step like you're just you just be more worried about them not being as fast or as quick i mean we've really seen that with zach Ertz, who like at this point 
the next time that Zach Ertz breaks a tackle or gets a yard after catch, like it'll be, it'll be the first <laughs> time in a while. Like Zach Ertz just catches the ball and falls down, which is super valuable. I mean, Zach Ertz like could theoretically catch a hundred passes every year until he turns 38, because what he yeah. does does not, it, it's like uh, football intelligence as opposed to football athleticism. I, th- I think for Waller, like his windows, what probably three years before yeah. you'd start to say like, uh, we're going to start seeing some declining signs of athleticism because he was actually a wide receiver at Georgia Tech. He played the same position as, you know, Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, Stephen Hill, as uh, those guys at Georgia Tech, which, you know, I liked Darren Waller as a prospect. And he used to be a guy that we'd play in preseason NFL DFS because he would just always be out there, you know, for a, for a few receptions. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Pacheco, is how are you viewing these rookie picks because your team is really constituted to try and win in yeah. this first season. So you have, you know, of, of overaged guys for, for dynasty, you have, uh, uh, well, actually really you only have Julio, but as we yeah. talked about on the last show, you made the decision to take Eckler with who has a little bit less clear of a multi-year window. So kind of, how are you thinking about these rookie picks? Well, if, if my roster is, is any indication, uh, I am completely in win now mode. So whether it's devaluing those rookie picks, and, and at this point, I, I believe that I am, I, because of the mindset that I have right now, I'm just looking at players that I feel really good about their production, at least for a, a two-year window. If it's three-year window, even better. Um, at some point, I will start taking some of these rookie picks, but right now, I feel very comfortable with a lot of the names that are on the board. And because of the win now mode, I, I will probably continue to take um, more established players rather than the rookie picks. So I think that uh, someone just made a bad pick for the first time, in our, not maybe not the first time, but someone I think in our draft just made like a legitimately non good pick. Adam Levitan from Establish the Run just Uh-oh. selected uh, Adam Thielen with the eighth or the ninth pick of the sixth round. I. I am. I am not. A, I. I think that's not very good. I think there are a lot of younger players that I would rather have than Adam Thielen. So, like, I, to give an example, Ricky, would you rather have Adam Thielen or would you rather have uh, some of these quarterbacks who are still available? Would you know? Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Sam Darnold in this format? So, in chat, when I said I thought I knew who Pacheco was taking, I thought it was Adam Thielen. I thought he was going to pair those 30-year-old receivers and play for now. And I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to think about win now because I have all these young running backs. I've got Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson, who I feel confident about. And so I feel like I've built a relatively young core, and I was willing to take a shot on someone like Adam Thielen. But for my team, you know, I've got the 102, and I think it was Overzet who made a comment that Burrow, to he took Tyler Boyd and has the 101 pick. So I'm starting to think that he could take Burrow there and just, you know, go with the Cincinnati Bengals he, staff. He's taken, jo- he's taken Jonathan Taylor there. I, I think? If, as long as Jonathan Taylor does not fall in the draft, he's going to take Jonathan Taylor. I just, I think I'm going to lean towards quarterback for my team even though Adam Thielen is a very productive player in a very short window which is something I could use right now I got to give myself the opportunity to go you know to have quarterbacks even if you know my my draft pick doesn't pan out that way because there is a small chance now I think that Burrow might not be there you know where I took the rookie pick I thought Burrow was the was the fit 
But I'm going to have to start thinking quarterback. So I would go quarterback over Thielen, but I don't think it's as bad of a pick as you think, especially if teams have built a young base. I think now's the time to start taking some of those veterans. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to go ahead and head to break, and we'll be right back in a few minutes on Daily Roto TV. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everyone, welcome back to Daily Roto TV here on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. We are running through our quarantine COVID-19 Dynasty Fantasy Football startup draft. And uh, we just got some back-to-back picks here in which I, I think the order is pretty interesting. So we had Christian Kirk, Adam Thielen, and Marquise Brown all go back-to-back. 
I and as we were talking about, you know, the way that the way that I am thinking about drafting these things, I I would not have been very interested in Adam Thielen there. I think that there were still some good young wide receivers on the board who I would have preferred. Robert Woods, I think, is a guy that I would have preferred. What about what about Devontae Parker? versus Adam Thielen Ricky. I think that's a really interesting one when we're talking about a year five breakout. Yeah, Devontae Parker has a special place in both Pacheco and my heart from last <laughs> year. As uh we actually were mocked. Us. Yeah. yeah, we were mocked at the draft for taking multiple dolphins, which I'm hoping is the Bears this year. Uh and Kenyon Drake gets moved and is just a star in the second half and Devontae Parker breaks out. The problem there is the unsurety at the, the quarterback position. I don't know. I think Tua is going there, but you know you can't say that with any degree of certainty at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And he did it last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and you know some some mediocre quarterbacking to say the least. So I think I would have definitively taken Devontae Parker over Adam Thielen. Although I was thinking about you know both, and I was thinking that Thielen might be the kind of guy who would fit my scheme. I. Honestly, probably when it came down to it, would have leaned towards the younger guy and just continued to build the younger core. I think sure. Devontae Parker's breakout was was legitimate. If you watched him down the stretch, I mean, he is just a big dude who can throw the ball up to, who can go get it, and he has speed. So I don't really see him being just kind of a flash-in-the-pan guy. I've always kind of thought he's had the talent. Give him a decent quarterback, please, Miami. And I think it should be – the arrow should continue to point up for him. I, I think – so – I've I've certainly been deceived by the late breakout in the past, not only with NFL players, but this is actually a huge thing in scouting college football wide receivers, which is guys who break out in their final season and it's their senior season. So they you know, they do not declare early for the NFL draft. Those guys, I mean, we're talking like every fool's gold wide receiver you can ever think of, like Justin, Justin Blackman, AJ Jenkins, John Baldwin, Philip Dorsett, like just every first round wide receiver you can think of who's busted has generally been a late declare late breakout one of the reasons why I I really am buying the Devontae Parker breakout, like I would still draft him in dynasty leagues where he's going. I would still draft him in redraft leagues where he's going. I think he's too cheap is that I think that Miami is going to pass a ton because I still like, I think their roster is going to be better, but they're still going to be losing in a lot of games. And they have three first round picks. They probably spend one of those on a wide receiver. You know, they take Jalen Rager, T Higgins, Denzel Mims, like whoever, whoever it might be. But they're probably going to start Fitzpatrick. Their plan, I, I would imagine, is to start him for 16 games this year. I don't think Tua is going to play. Devonta Par- uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the one, Pacheco, who made Devontae Parker all that money. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's going to be really interesting to follow that Miami situation. I am also uh, a believer in Devontae Parker, though uh, it's tough uh, because of the fact that we only have you know that one really great season from him, which was last season. Um, still think the arrow could point up, as Ricky mentioned, and with better quarterbacking, it could only it could only go up uh, for his stock. Um, but it's tough to take him in, in this spot. And honestly, there, there's more than one wide receiver here that, that you think about having some red flags. But another name that interests me, Davis, and I know that you, you're going to agree with this one, is Will Fuller. And how far he's Dude, going to call? Dude, it's crazy. It's I. Yeah. I just wrote an article uh, that's on Roto Experts and on Sports Grid right now. If you guys yeah. want to go look for it, but Will Fuller is going after McCole Hardman, 
Mike Williams, AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton. That's the average draft position on my fantasy league. I mean, yeah. in, in what world does any of that make sense? Like, Will Fuller, I think, should be valued comparatively to Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Adam Thiel, and these guys. These are all guys who just went in our draft. I mean, I, I am shocked. Really, I am. Like, I think it's crazy. I think that, I think that, and it sucks because I'm in this league with you guys, and this is de- like a, 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 a big part of my strategy this offseason in all of these leagues has been trying to acquire Will Fuller as cheap as possible. Yeah. And it's just like th- like in sharp leagues, this is actually a really interesting thing. In sharp yeah. leagues, players like Will Fuller, they're not going to be cheap. They're going to be expensive because people are smart and they know, you know, like, for example, Ricky, would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Will Fuller? After the Hopkins news, I would take the shot on Fuller. I mean, the Texans don't pick until the second round either, so it's unlikely. I mean, this is a deep wide receiver class, but it's unlikely they fall into a guy who they view as their immediate number one over Will Fuller. So knowing the success that he has had with Deshaun Watson, I mean, that upside is is really tough for me to pass on. I will say this is a good time for you to be talking about it since you have a pick before either of us. So if you want to follow through with your word, you have us blocked, assuming, you know, neither of us trades up. And I know that's not really Pacheco's style. We'll see if it's mine, but I don't think I need a receiver. So I don't really want a receiver either. And uh, so let's let's so because neither of you guys pick before me, if you guys trade up before me and you use this show as a weapon against me, (laughs) you'll just you'll just have to you'll just have to decide by yourself if you feel that that's morally right. But uh, just kind of looking looking at this ADP here. I don't want any of these running backs. So these for the for the for the viewers and for the listeners, these are some of the running backs that are available right now with is which is going to be the 6th pick in the 7th round. I would expect that all of these guys are going to be available. Todd Gurley, who was cut by the Los Angeles Rams, now plays for the Atlanta Falcons. They probably are going to draft I mean, I think they they might be the favorite for Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins, who I want to select with the third pick of the rookie draft. Melvin Gordon, who was cut by the Chargers, now plays for the Denver Broncos. Marlon Mack, who I guess has Phillip Rivers. Maybe his situation has improved a little bit. Le'Veon Bell, not interested. Carrion Johnson, not interested. Chris Carson, not particularly interested. James Conner, not particularly interested. So, we're at a spot where I actually might just go ahead and take my third quarterback, even though it's not going to be a starting player for me, because in these leagues, you're just going to net so much more in trades for quarterbacks than any other position, right? Like mm-hmm. you can turn if if another team decides, you know, let's say six months from now. First of all, let's assume that six months from now we're playing football and that everything's fine and that, uh, you know, we're all still here and and this league is still something that we're thinking about. Um, Let's say that another one of these teams is like, okay, we got really lucky. We think we can compete this year. You know, we got a couple late breakouts. We got a guy in the rookie draft who's way better than we thought. But we only have two quarterbacks. Say, you know, Pacheco, maybe it's you. Maybe you have, you're ready to compete right now. You have Dak Prescott and uh, Aaron Rodgers, whoever. But you need a third quarterback to really put you over the top for the title. You know, then, then all of a sudden, bad quarterback X turns into two future rookie picks, which is, I, I think, I don't know. T- talk me through it, guys. Am I, would I be, would I be dumb here to take a third quarterback before I take a second running back rookie? 
Well, I just want to mention that you gave me an LMAO after taking David Montgomery with that last pick, which I have a bone to pick with you about that, especially after uh, Coach Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been nothing but singing his praises this offseason, by the way. That's that's the reason I feel confident. Also, the reason is we haven't talked about it, but the Bears have no draft picks. And if they use a draft pick on a running back, I've really just lost all faith in this organization, which basically I've done already, but anything I had left would be thrown out the window along with my computer. So I think David Montgomery, by default, is the guy. I mean, Ryan Pace said that it was their fault last year. It was their scheme that screwed up uh, David Montgomery in the running game. It wasn't David Montgomery. They know what they have in him. They think he's going to be the workhorse, and he's young. And you look at the running backs that are left over, and that was what I saw here. Is he, a running he, back pool. I'll give it to you. He is the last young starting running back left on the board. I mean, Todd Gurley is young, but he is an old young. You know, you know, Todd Gurley's only twenty five. Ricky, isn't that crazy? No. And he's just done, right? Yeah. Like we just, he's just done. Little known fact, though, his knees are thirty five and on yeah. the verge of retiring. So definitely, actually, Pacheco, this is interesting. What yeah. what are the Patriots going to do at running back this year? We have not we have not re- like I haven't really thought about it. You know, for years, yeah. uh, you know, James White has been or whoever was their third down back. You know, Rex Burkhead. All mm-hmm. these guys have been popular fantasy picks, but now, I mean, Sony Michelle is super cheap. James White, I, James White went in the seventeenth round of a dynasty draft that I'm in yeah. uh, on the FFPC. Like these guys are are legitimately free. Is, is Damian Harris going to be the guy? What do you think that they are going to do with their backfield this year? Uh, honestly, I would imagine it's going to be very similar to what we've seen um, recently. I would think, you know, maybe Michelle would be a little bit um, better of a buy moving forward. They might just run the ball a whole bunch. Um, given the uncertainty at quarterback. I think that's the thing that we need to figure out with the Patriots first. Yeah, that's another good question. Who do you think is the quarterback for the Patriots week one, 2020? Do you really think they're just going to go with Jared Stidham? Like, they can't, right? They can't. Really? They they actually can. Yeah, I mean, mean, it doesn't... It doesn't... I'd rather than Jared Stidham. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but um, from a business perspective, if, if you look at their cap situation this year there it's hell it's it's cap hell this year so um they're very limited i mean they signed brian hoyer uh the other day (laughs) so they're kind of telling you right now that the the cards are ugly but they might just play it as it is i know um someone like cam newton is someone that just kind of made sense given his situation but he might be pricier than what they would want to spend at that position um at this point so you are looking at a realistic shot of Jared Sinem being the quarterback uh, in week one, which, uh, again, makes it a little bit tricky as far as the backfield goes for the Patriots because someone like James White, you know, all of a sudden just isn't as valuable without Tom Brady around. So th- it's a good question, but unfortunately, uh, Davis, we're going to need some more clarity from the Patriots at the quarterback position. Where, where would you start thinking about taking Stidham in this draft? Like, what do you think is fair value for him? Do you think he should be, like, do you think that the guys who don't have jobs, like Jameis and Cam and Dalton, you think they should go before him? I do. Wow. So that's interesting. Because that's pretty interesting to me, the the fact that Stidham might start games this year and might be, like, the 35th quarterback off the board. Like, that's a guy who I would be interested in. What do do you think about that, Rick? 
why are the Patriots not going for Jameis Winston? I, I want to see that so badly. The Belichick scheme with a guy who's perceived to be sporadic, I think it's just such a great fit. I think there's a chance they still do it. It might be a pipe dream, but I would love to see Brady go to Tampa and then basically swap because I think Jameis Winston still belongs as a starter. Sure, he's made some questionable decisions, but... He clearly can throw downfield. He clearly can can make some big-time throws that you need in the NFL. Uh, I agree with Pacheco that I would be taking one of these other quarterbacks because I don't think – but I my logic's different. I don't think New England should stay put with Jared Stidham. I think they yeah. should sign one of these guys. My gut is that they would make a move for Winston, but, I mean, like you mentioned, Dalton's available, Cam Newton's available. I would think Belichick – is smart enough to know that he's in a better position to win football games with them as opposed to Stidham. And I don't think they're trying to, you know, kind of punt this season. Mm -hmm. So I think Stidham should be probably like the 35th to 40th quarterback taken in this draft. But I think there's very limited upside. And I think there's a very real possibility that they're just kind of slow playing their hand. And eventually they're going to make the big raise and, and sign one of these quarterbacks. I mean, here's here's my opinion on it from the outside. I'm not a Patriots fan, right? I am a, yeah. a self-hating Dallas Cowboys fan, and uh, I wish that I was like I wish that I was raised a Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? Like I wish I was a Chiefs fan, and then I could quit the Cowboys. I I can't really. If I was a Patriots fan, I think that, and I'm I'm curious Pacheco's take on this as he actually is. I would want to raise the middle finger to Brady. I would I would want to be like. You left. Well, guess what? It was all Belichick the whole time, and yeah. and I would want them to sign Cam Newton and win eleven games, and you know, I mean, probably lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Conference Championship game. I would not want to go into the season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer and win four games and watch Adam Gase and Sam Darnold win my division. But even even if even if doing that would leave them in a brutal cap situation for the next few years. I, I would rather be in a bad cap situation for a few years and yeah. win, you know, the, the AFC East this year and, and, you know, watch Brady do whatever in Tampa Bay. Where are you at with that Pacheco? So, um, here's the thing. I know the Tom Brady situation, uh, last season specifically with his status up in the air, it was a huge topic of conversation. Uh, Personally, I, I, I never thought he was coming back to the Patriots um, simply because I, I felt like there was a, a really interesting dynamic happening uh, a few years ago where, where the whole deflate gate thing happened, where I think uh, Belichick pretty much said, you know, I don't, I don't really need you. And you saw that in the first few games uh, where the Patriots didn't have Brady because he was suspended. And, you know, Belichick went with Garoppolo and, and Brissett and won games. And this is this is what he does ultimately. Like Belichick just gets rid of aging veterans and and pretty much gives them the, the middle finger and is you know willing to win games with other um, players. So as crazy as it sounds that Tom Brady's gone, I still think New England could be plenty competitive um, with this quarterback group. It's really difficult to envision that, uh, as you mentioned, Davis. Personally, I want them to go after Jameis. I want them to go after Cam, um, guys that that want to prove something. Uh, I still think the Patriots are, if you look at their defense, they lost some guys there that, are, that were pretty key. Belichick typically refills those positions, and, and they're still playing at an above-average level on that end. Um, 
offensively, I think the the problem with this team over the last few years is their draft picks have been horrific. So um, so horrific. bad. Okay, uh, Pacheco, you are you are uh, you're a New England Patriots fan, and this will be the last thing we talk about before we get to break. Sure. Just off the top of your head. Who do you think the last 1,000-yard wide receiver the New England Patriots drafted was? So so Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski do not count because they were tight ends. So what wide receiver do you think was the last one they drafted? 1,000 yards? Uh, I, I mean, Wes Walker wasn't a draft pick for them, so I would, um, it, I would it's, think it's, that... it's Edelman. It's Ed, was, Edelman, Edelman. Edelman is yeah. the last player that they yeah. drafted. So not their last 1,000-yard wide receiver, but the last player they drafted at wide receiver to get 1,000 yards. So that should give you an example of how bad their wide receiver drafting has been. So we are going to get into uh, the NFL draft a little bit and we what we want our teams to do right after this break. We'll be back in a little bit. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to the last segment here on Daily Roto TV on SportsGrid. My name is Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. We were running through our uh, company quarantine COVID-19 dynasty fantasy football startup, and we're going to transition now to talking a little bit about, you know, kind of what we want our team to do in the 2020 NFL draft. Um, So we were actually just talking about the New England Patriots and I think they have some very interesting decisions to make because theoretically at 23 Pacheco, they could take Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts. I think, I think even Jordan Love probably will be gone by then. I, I expect that all four of the, the big quarterback prospect. Oh, well really it's just three. You know, I think the three big quarterback prospects are Burrow, Tua and Herbert. I don't really include Jordan mm-hmm. Love in there. Uh, would you be interested? Like, do you want them to take a quarterback here, even if it means, you know, splitting time with Stidham or whatever? Or are you just like, if it's not Burrow or Tua, why bother? I think Hertz is going to fall in the draft, would be my guess. I don't think teams are too high on him. I, wasn't he asked to play like another position or something in the comp? Like, I, th- I think that was a thing. Um, no, I, I think that people, I think people expected. Yeah. That happened, and it it did not happen at all. And I mean, he crushed the combine. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is a stud, and and if, if the Patriots took him, I would be scared. Yeah. So what I want them to do is take Hurts, but not in the first round, because I don't think I don't even think that'll be necessary. I don't I don't think Hurts is going to go in the first round. I don't know if you differ with me on that, Davis, but I I don't think so. So I personally want them to actually select a good skilled player for the first time in the history of this damn franchise and just go ahead and select like a stud wide receiver or a tight end, which I'm, I'm hoping. So whether it's, you know, in this first round or in the second round somewhere, I hope they they're able to fit in a tight end because typically that, that offense uh, is very tight end friendly. So if they can get a stud young tight end again, um, you know, that would, that would uh, do wonders in my head. What do you what do you think the Patriots should do, Ricky? I I I think they should probably actually take a wide receiver. I I you know Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, someone like that. Like I think that's starting to rebuild the fundamentals of that offense as opposed to trying to start over at quarterback. I I think seems more intelligent. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna continue to be on the Winston to the Patriots bandwagon. I really think that's the most logical fit. I would love to see how Bill Belichick could right the wrongs there. And if you're going to go out and get a veteran, let's say it's not Jameis Winston, uh, you do want to start with a wide receiver. And this wide receiver class is so deep. The reason that, you know, the the rookie picks in the draft we're doing are being selected so high, especially even after 1.04, is because I think people realize that there are some impact receivers. It's a crazy wide receiver class. Exactly. And I think the Patriots should not be shy in this draft to fall into one of those guys. I mean, worst case scenario, Justin Jefferson, those sort of, of impact players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think make a lot of sense for the Patriots. I would I would love to see their their offense not take too much of a step back by getting one of these veterans as as opposed to going the Tua, the Jordan Love, the Hurts route that you guys are suggesting. I just don't think that makes a ton of sense for a Patriots team that's built to win now at most other positions. Yeah, and I mean you I think that uh an issue that you probably do run into though is 
the Patriots just seem like they're always going to pick the wrong wide receiver, you know, so they'll pick the one between <laughs> between yeah. Rager, between Higgins, between Jefferson, between Mims. They'll pick the one that mm-hmm. maybe they have character issues. Maybe they don't understand the playbook. Maybe they're yeah. maybe they got really fast for the combine. But then when they put the weight back on, they're not fast enough. I mean, you know, who like even even in Keel Harry, who like I really liked in Keel Harry. Film Twitter liked in Keel Harry, analytics Twitter liked in Keel Harry. He got hurt, and then when he played, he was, you know, like getting outplayed by um, Philip Dorsett. You know, Dorsett was still getting reps ahead of him. So, I mean, do you have hopes for in Keel Harry this year, Pacheco? Do you feel like the organization is into him? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, I do think they're invested in him. I mean, they, they spent a first round pick, for God's sake, on him. Um, so, I would hope that the, the franchise is invested in him, but. You're right when you say, Davis, it feels like any time this franchise, you know, picks a wide receiver, it's almost like always they draft the wrong one. This year, it feels like you, you just you can't fall into the wrong one here with this group of, of wide receivers. So my hope is even if Justin Jefferson is is around at the time that they pick, um, I would like to see him there. I think he's very talented, but you can say the same thing about pretty much the top three wide receivers ahead of him uh, as well. Someone like CeeDee Lamb, I I mean, I love him, but I don't, I'm not even sure if he's going to last that long in the draft. So I, I do like Nikhil Harry, though, to answer your question specifically. Um, I, the college production was certainly there. Uh, I hope I am hoping that at this point last year was just a lost season because he got hurt. And if, if that's the case, then that's explainable. And hopefully we see some sort of bounce back from him moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that that is reasonable. So this is probably going to be a short segment, but Ricky, what do you want? What do you want the Bears to do with their like four draft picks after a one forty? Uh, the problem is the Bears have issues. They've already quote unquote fixed some of these issues, but you tell me if you feel like these these well, areas wait, wait, have been we, fixed. We, we were wrong. So the Bears actually do have a pick at fifty. I'm seeing right now on on. So we we counted this wrong. So they could pick someone at 50th overall. Okay, so, so the Bears, yeah. I mean, they don't have much. I think they've got two picks in, like, the top 163. Uh, yeah, two picks before 163. So there's still not a lot of hope here. But their, their glaring needs, I think, secondary with Prince Akamura and HaHa Clinton-Dix gone, offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. Now, Jimmy Graham theoretically was the fix at tight end, so I don't think they're going there, even though it really makes me want to vomit in my mouth that that's the fix here. I mean, we have not been able to see Jimmy Graham playing with some of the elite quarterbacks in the game really get going over the course of the past you know, few years. So I'm not sure what the Bears saw here in, in excitement, especially when there were other free agent tight ends out there. They, I, I'm not sure if they had talks with Austin Hooper, who I really thought they should have been on. Um, but they theoretically you weren't, you weren't that. Uh, head over heels with the Jimmy Graham selection. You you didn't think that was just a really good move from Ryan Pitts. <laughs> I did not. And theoretically, quarterback has been fixed as well because apparently uh, Nagy and Nick Foles have a have a di- distant history with one another. And the history is that when Nick Foles was thinking of quitting football. or or excuse me, Matt Nagy, Charles Nagy, as a former pitcher, uh, Matt Nagy convinced him otherwise, brought him to his home and revamped his uh, love of football. So, I mean, that's supposed to be heartening, but I think it's kind of disheartening that Nick Foles lost his love for football at one point. 
Uh, but anyways, they supposedly have a special bond, and that's their fix at quarterback, which leaves us with wide receiver, offensive line, and secondary. So I don't think they're going to do anything overly exciting here. Uh, I mean, the cornerbacks, the, there's kind of that secondary tier that I was hoping they would take with their second pick. I'm hoping they can land one of, like, the Ojemudia from, from Iowa or Cameron Dantzler tier. Uh, but I just – I hope their main concern is offensive line and building on this offensive scheme because their rushing offense last year was just pathetic. I think they were 29th in just about every category across the board in terms of attempts, rushing yards, touchdowns, and yards per attempt. They were in, like, the bottom three of all of them. And part of it was scheme, which Ryan Pace kind of admitted to, but part of it was the offensive line and Trubisky, no doubt. We're not going to get any better than Foles, so the least they should do is fix that offensive line first and then go to the secondary. And I think that's really all you can say about this Bears draft because it's just not going to be exciting. Probably not going to be exciting. I mean, what you're really hoping is just please don't trade up, right? Like you're you're sitting there and you're yes. just like, Pace, please don't trade up. I mean, I'll never, I will not forget the fact that they traded up for David Montgomery last year. <laughs> and then with their sixth round pick, they selected... Kareth White, who was like, who was Devin Singletary's backup at Florida Atlantic and was like a kick returner. He played yeah. in, I think, five games for the Bears. They cut him. And then in the second half of the season, when the Steelers were pushing for the playoffs, Kareth White was playing third downs for the Steelers. Like, you just, I mean, just absolutely hilarious stuff from Chicago. So, what I want Dallas to do, uh, well, first off, I would like them to go back in time and uh, not not sign Ezekiel Elliott to that contract and instead give that money to Byron Jones because they are not going to do that because they are, are very like, you know, they, they let Byron Jones go. He's now a member of the Miami dolphins. Um, I want them to find a way to get Christian Fulton, who is the, you know, big uh, cornerback from LSU. I think he is a, a super good fit in today's NFL. They need it pretty bad. I mean, cage or CJ Henderson is an option as well. Uh, both of those guys might be gone, so they would maybe be able to get Jeff Gladney from TCU. He would be an option, or Damon Arnett from Ohio State. What I actually so that's like my rational fan brain. What I actually want them to do is do a slight trade up and find a way to get CD Lamb. So he might even be there at seventeen. But if if their three wide set is CD Lamb, Michael Gallup. Amari Cooper, and then with Blake Jarwin at tight end, uh, I mean that's going to be Pacheco as a as a new as a new Dak Prescott dynasty owner. You got to look at that offense that already led the NFL in yards per play last year. Got rid of Jason Witten. You got to think like that. That is an offense at least that could win a Super Bowl. I think. Yeah, so I mean certainly it's just a matter of having all the other pieces, which clearly they lack. But the offense is. Phenomenal. I feel great about them. Um, and obviously, as a DAC owner in Dynasty, I feel great about him, too. I selected him in the second round. Um, so, feel great about him specifically. Uh, and then Blake Jarwin uh, Davis, who <laughs> I know you're very high on. I'm, I'm starting to look at these tight ends and thinking, you know, where, when, where, where's the cutoff for Blake Jarwin? Like, am I going to be able to even select them? Because I think you might just snipe me at some point. I mean, we're about to, you know, we're in, the seventh, we're in the seventh round now. So, you know, I'm starting I'm starting to think that uh, might be time for Blake Jarwin to come on now. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I like, I, I don't even actually know that much about Blake Jarwin. Uh, 
like I know he played for the cow like I know he plays for the Cowboys. Uh I know that he played at Oklahoma State, but it's uh you know, it's it's not like uh, it's not like this dude is like a a really high pedigree prospect or anything. In fact, he had only this is this is true. Blake Jarwin had only 616 receiving yards and five touchdowns total in college. Like he already has more than that in the NFL, I think, as a so, backup tight end. He was like a he was like a blocking tight end in in college, which is funny. So he's yeah. not the next Rob Gronkowski is is he might be. He might, he might be. be. He actually okay. does. That's true. So in his NFL career right now, he already has more receiving yards and more touchdowns than he had in college. Um, in terms of what I want my actual favorite team to do in the sense that they never make me sad and don't disappoint me, I want I want the Kansas City Chiefs to do the same thing. I want them to take, you know, Denzel Mims, uh, Jalen Rager. Like, I just want, because like, I, I think that Sammy Watkins is probably going to get cut. He's going to be a cap casualty. Um, or maybe, or I, I also hope at some point that they end up Pacheco with your boy, Chase Claypool. Oh, that would be fantastic. I am a big Chase Claypool homer. And I think by the time they pick, I, I would assume that's a guy that's going to be on the board. Ch- Dude, Chase well, Claypool I, I, is I, a thing. He's not projected to go. I mean, it kind of depends yeah. on look. He's not projected to go until day through some day two, sometimes even day three of mm-hmm. the NFL draft because he is a uh, he is the um, late declare right or yes. or, uh, or late breakout guy. He basically Correct. was a backup for three years and then mm-hmm. I don't know like what why why was he a backup and then and then became big this year just because they had no one else. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that that's pretty much it. And when you, I mean, did you see him play? Did you actually watch tape? No, no, he, he is nuts. Like, okay, so as as a Notre Dame fan, compare yeah. him and Miles Boykin. Who do you think is better? Claypool. So that's pretty interesting because because I think Boykin went in the third round to the Ravens. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, yeah, I would think he's. I mean, he's not going to be a day one selection. It's like day two, three, like you're saying. But I think he's going to be a good get. Uh, the challenge is, yeah, the college production before last year is not great, but I would take a flyer on him. I think he's really talented, and I'm not just saying that as a Notre Dame homer. I, I actually think he's a very talented uh, player and could be really uh, productive at the NFL level as well, given his size and athleticism. Okay, Ricky, I got one for you. A guy I found myself drafting late in these early best balls this year is Anthony Miller. I think that... Um, because he started out the season so slow when they were playing um, Javon Wims and Taylor Gabriel a ton, I think people kind of forgot that Anthony Miller was like a pretty promising rookie. And and in the second half of the Bears season, he was really good. He had a bunch of like consecutive, you know, like 15 fantasy point games. Do we think that, uh, are we going to see a, a more explosive, a more involved Anthony Miller in 2020, especially if Nick Foles takes over this offense? Uh, well, I think the term explosive in the Bears offense are complete yeah, antonyms. So I don't think that's the word I would be using there. But we're talking about Miller coming off that seven touchdown season, the only two last year. Uh, I think he's clearly going to have to be more involved. It's going to depend how much the Bears prioritize wide receiver. I mean, I think they view Jimmy Graham as another guy to use in the red zone. And again, the value we saw from Miller a few years ago was his red zone usage. But I do think we're going to see a career high in targets. We saw 85 of those last year. I think that clearly has to be going up without Taylor Gabriel, barring what they do in the draft. Um, It's just a matter of, 
I mean, Nick Foles with Jacksonville seemed to favor the receiver out of the slot. And I wonder what sort of things we're going to get from Nagy this year. Like, are we going to get some uh, Trey Burton out of the slot? Are they going to draft a slot guy? Are they going to move Anthony Miller into the slot a lot? And I think that that will be a guy that Nick Foles looks to. But I also think there's just going to be a heavy target share for someone like Allen Robinson, which is why I wanted to move up for him without Taylor Gabriel. And this offense could be become both more concentrated and more run-oriented, which is just going to not make it a great offense for fantasy outside of a few players. So I don't think you can realistically go into this you know, uh, season with incredibly high hopes for Anthony Miller. I think you can expect closer to 100 targets, but what those targets will look like, they'll probably be a bunch of short drop-offs and you have an extra threat in the red zone with Jimmy Graham. So I'm just not 100% sure like how excited you could get about any member of this Bears offense other than the two guys who I already own. I think Anthony Miller is a fine pick. I think he has some upside. But I think this team will be running more at the goal line. And I think you know if you own Anthony Miller, you're going to get really annoyed of Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to Daily Roto TV on SportsGrid. I'm David Matic for Christopher Pacheco and Ricky Sanders. We will see you back tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.